0: Hello and welcome to Owls About Stats. Um, our first one of the season because uh, we are going to be doing quite a bit of looking ahead. So this is not particularly a, a podcast where we'll look back at, at what went on last season. It's kind of about what is uh, what what's going on, what's what's coming up, what what the summer has had to offer so far and what might be around the corner. And I think it's fair to say there's a fair bit for us to talk about. We are going to be focusing on the kind of the financial aspects of what's going on. So um, thankfully, we've got a couple of people that actually know what they're talking about when it comes to the financial uh, goings on of Sheffield Wednesday. Our resident expert is Peter Lerman. Peter, how do you?
1: Hello. Uh, Good. I'm sat outside in the Beautiful sunshine in Denmark, in uh, just about 400 meters away from uh, from from the ocean. A Nice, still uh, evening weather, so it couldn't be better.
0: All right, no need to show off. No need to show off. So you've you've got you've got sunshine. I've got sunshine for once in Sheffield. Uh, James Allen, tell me you've got like thunderstorms and snow
2: in New York. That'll make me feel great. It's uh, it's 90 degrees Fahrenheit outside. It's Pure blue skies. It's raging sunshine, and I'm sat in a dark closet talking to the two of you. It's delightful.
0: <laughs> uh, right. Okay. Let's 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 get down to business because we've got a fair bit for us to um, talk about. Kind of Groundhog Day because here we are talking about Sheffield Wednesday being under a soft embargo. Which, to be fair, the it, it kind of caught us all a little bit by surprise because. We didn't expect it to come around, and when it did, it probably wasn't for the reason that we maybe thought it might have been, because it's a different sort of embargo to last season. This is all really complex, Peter. What can you what can you tell us? Can, kind of break this down for us a little bit. What's going on?
1: Um, the way I understand it it's, is the yeah, the soft embargo has been put in place because uh, the EFL has not received um, accounts uh, for for 20, 2017, 18 uh, that comply with the uh, the PNS rules. Um, so last season was slightly different because uh, at that point we we were actually in the the, the financial, financial year we were in back then uh, we actually had submitted accounts but uh, we just they just were just showing that we we would not comply with the uh, the loss limit of uh, 39 million over three years whereas this this year it sounds like um we had don't don't even actually have accounts uh ready for 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 the efl yet um that's one of the speculations anyway it's, it's hard to get anything out of uh, either the club or, or the efl who've been completely uh non-communicative um over this whole process um because we were under the uh the uh, the embargo last year and because we we're in breach of, uh, of the rules last year uh there are some 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 demands on us as a football club we have to um we have to not only uh, send our accounts to the EFL after the financial year is finished. We also have to send uh, the accounts for for the current financial year uh, and a prediction of uh, for the for the next and and, and, and next on uh, years, the two next years. Um, and it could also be that the EFL are unhappy about some of the details in in those years. Um, so, so that's that's one one way to uh, to, to explain why we we put on under a, a soft embargo. Peter,
2: again. I know you're a fan of uh, of analogies. Could you basically say that we're not allowed out to play because we've not submitted our
1: homework? Pretty much, yeah. Uh, and and the problem <laughs> is the teacher won't tell us the teacher won't tell us which which part of the homework doesn't. Uh, I mean, I think that there's a, there's a chance that we have submitted some homework, but. Uh, the teacher's saying that uh, a doodle and a, and a and a cross on a, on a piece of paper that's that's not gonna gonna cut it. Uh, so so we've been told to revise our homework and and, and uh, take it uh, take it seriously. That's 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 the likely scenario in a way. As I said, it's it's pure speculation because we actually don't know. And and there are, tellingly, there are no seems to be no sources that that know anything better than than uh, the, either of the three of us do. It it does.
0: It feels like the impression that I get is that no one seems to be particularly worried. No one seems to be kind of panicked about this, almost as if it's a uh, bit of an inconvenience because
1: yeah. um,
0: there's a couple of things going on in the background that have dragged on a bit, and I'm sure we'll, we'll get yeah. onto the finer details of those a little bit later on. But it does feel like generally the club, like we know that there's three new players that they've signed, there's three um, out-of-contract players that they've re-signed, uh, and that's fairly common knowledge and, um, it just seems to be kind of almost like it, it's a formality now about when the soft embargo is is, is lifted. Um, how I mean, uh, you know, we we between the three of us, we we do enough worrying about Sheffield Wednesday's finances probably for the entire fan base. Um, But what what? How do you guys feel about this? Are, are you as calm and chilled as, as as certainly the club outwardly seem to be?
2: I think you have to take your lead from from people who you trust, right. Um... You know the the projections that Steve Bruce has been making, at least in terms of some of the the commentary that he's made, and and just the actions, the fact that we've got players who are training with the squad today as part of pre-season, I think you have to assume that there is a high degree of confidence that we're going to fight our way through it. Um, what is also probably true is we can take some lessons from elsewhere. It's not just Wednesday; it's it's all clubs in this situation really in the championship. Now there's so many clubs who are up against the PNS. Uh, thresholds, that this is really a a technicality game. It's it's about staying just within those parameters uh, and obviously manipulating the accounts in a way that allows you to satisfy both the to comply with the regulations and to submit uh, something the EFL is satisfied with, but it, we're a long way past the situation where this was being done in the dark. It's um, it seems to be done in, in some degree in consultation with the EFL as well. So, yeah, I, I think I'm I'm reasonably confident we're going to come out the other side of it. It's just fascinating to see how much of a delay and a drag it's put on uh, on preparations for preseason. Yeah, I'm the
1: same, uh, and and I mean agents in in football are, are yeah. Money-grabbing uh, at the best of times, and it would be really weird for the agents of uh, of three free agents, uh, Harris, um, Odubajo, and Werner and to to have signed for their co- for their client to have signed a contract um, to a club that couldn't actually play them for the, for the full season. So there must be some reassurances uh, have been that, that have been given from uh, from the EFL suits to Wednesday, or at least Wednesday, have convinced the the agents that there wouldn't be an issue. And and it's actually the same that we saw with uh, with Birmingham last summer when they signed uh, Christian Peterson, um and weren't allowed to register him. So I think we're in this similar sort of situation. Back then, Birmingham uh, announced the signing of uh, Christian Peterson, um to the public and even the fee they, they paid for him. Um, it might be that the EFL has told us to to not be public about the signings we've made until we, we exit the embargo. So we might be doing it as a sort of... A, a gesture of good faith you could say uh, toward the EFL.
0: Okay, the the question that kind of begs now is uh what happens next? I guess we all we all like to think that there's an announcement, you know, maybe even before Owls in the Park this weekend, uh or certainly, you know, in the in the days that follow Owls in the Park to kind of say everything's sorted, everyone's happy, embargo lifted. Three new players. Let's get on with things. What what other options are there here? I know you've you've been looking into kind of like the other permutations that that might come of this. And let's emphasise the fact that this is speculation. Emphasise as we always do that you know we are by no means experts on this. Um, but but there are a few other kind of avenues that this could end up going down.
1: Yeah, that are basically three scenarios uh, as I see it. Uh, one of them is, as we've discussed that we have the. Uh, we have the embargo lifted because we've submitted uh, accounts for 1718 and the projected accounts for 1819 and 1920, uh, and and uh, to the full satisfaction of the of the EFL financial department. Um, the other scenarios that we have uh, the embargo uh, lessened, so to speak. Just like Birmingham last summer, once once they they caught a deal with the EFL, uh, they were told, um, and and this ruling was actually made pu- public, that they could only make a maximum of five free transfer signings, uh, and the wages of these players could be no more than twelve thousand pounds a week, which is uh, which is definitely lower than the average wage in the in the Championship these days. So so that was uh, that's, that's that's that that's seriously hamstrung their their um, their transfer um, policy. Um, last summer and if you look at the players we've signed uh, interestingly they are, all three of them are, are free transfers so um and it's not completely inconceivable that that the uh, the uh, the allowed wages have been have been uh, increased uh, from uh, from what Birmingham were, were given um so it could actually be that we've we are complying with with some sort of um of uh, soft soft embargo um and the third scenario is, of course, that it's kept in place. But as I was saying, um, I, I wouldn't imagine Berner and especially Berner, who who, uh, who actually uh, got suspended by his club once he, he signed for Wednesday. Um, I wouldn't imagine him signing for Wednesday if, if he hadn't full faith that he could actually play for the club uh, and be paid his wages and all that. Um, so so the scenario that that the, the embargo stays in place for, for the full season or, or even uh, several transfer windows uh, ahead, um that, that's not looking very likely but it is um a scenario that, that could happen of course
2: it's kind of tricky isn't it because you as fans we're having to keep like two time, at least two time horizons in mind at the same time when we're trying to answer that question james so you know there's what we're doing right now in the transfer market which affects our forward accounts our forward economics you know our ability to stay in in pns uh, thresholds over the next three-year cycle but everything to do with the embargo is really about satisfying the 17 18 accounts you know which is at 18 months two years um, rearward in the in the rear view mirror now so that all comes down to the technicality of how those accounts are filed um you know it plays into the fact that we extended the uh, the accounting period treatment of certain expenses etc so it's it's kind of hard to predict at what point the EFL will say okay we're satisfied with the way in which you've you've filed your legacy accounts but there's a whole lot of stuff that we can do going forward if we if we get past that that point that you know the the piece that peter's describing in terms of how much we can spend on players right now it's kind of self-evident that until we bring the cost base down even further we can't spend a whole lot of money whether it be on on fees or wages um but we have taken some cost off the books with the players that we didn't renew contracts for um you know at the end of last season there's still the option of selling players and just note the fact that although we've let a lot of people go we haven't actually sold anybody for a fee yet um, and that's another component of, uh, of I guess, what happens next over the next few weeks.
0: Okay, let, let's 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 kind of go a little bit deeper into this because um, the you kind of get the impression that the reason that the accounts are, are so late is because there's a couple of quite complex things that are going on in the background which seem to have taken a little bit longer than probably the club wanted to, um, and uh, we we've. It's probably the fourth fifth, maybe the sixth FFP podcast that we've um, that we've done and we've we've talked a lot about kind of you know some magical loophole that Chancery you know would love to be able to to find've uh, we've, we've talked about a sale and leaseback of the of the stadium now Peter you on a, a couple of occasions kind of said you, you couldn't really see that being a solution to, to this. Uh, we know Derby have done it. We know that we're doing it. Um, and the the impression is that it, it's quite a complicated thing that we're doing because the news breaking break last week about uh, a new holding sort of parent company that now owns Sheffield Wednesday. We've got Sheffield 2, we've got Sheffield 3, Sheffield 4, I think Sheffield 5, maybe Sheffield 6 as well now that that we've, we've got, which are these separate um companies Mm -hmm. now um you know most wednesday fans will probably look at that and just think oh it's creative accounting or something along those lines um can can we break down any further exactly what is going on here and, and 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 what it all means um and probably you know help help us understand ourselves as to why the accounts are proving so complicated and why they've been delayed so much because this does seem like something that is really complex
1: um, if you look, if you look at um, it's it's not actually only Derby now uh, it's actually been made public today that that uh, Aston Villa have uh, done the same with uh, with Villa Park and and done a sale and lease back uh, to realise revenue and 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 in in that way escape any, any punishment on, on the way out of uh, the division uh, of the promotion um, so it's a loophole that that several clubs uh, have taken advantage of uh, Cardiff did it about three years ago as well um, so the the interesting thing is the old uh, rules, the old FFP rules that were in place um, until 1516. Um, they actually uh, had a, a provision in, in the uh, in the regulations that said clubs could not do this manoeuvre and realise revenue under the, under the FFP uh, rules. Interestingly, uh, when they changed to the PNS rules, uh, this provision was removed from the regulations, meaning that there was a loophole the size of uh, of Hilfru, um, that that clubs could. Um, take advantage of, which is uh, funnily enough what is happening now, um, and if, and I think it, it must leave a bittersweet taste in the mouth of, uh, of a club like Birmingham who suffered a, a nine-point uh, penalty a point penalty uh, uh, last season when when they could have done uh, what we and Davi and Villa uh, are doing and, and doing a sale on the East back, uh, and I think we can be fairly certain at this point that, that we are doing this, uh, doing a sale on the East back. Um, and it, it's it's. I think the technical side. I think uh, I think James will be better at explaining the the intricacies of uh, business law uh, than I am. But the way I understand it is that you have uh, you have the revenue side of the business uh, where you have expenses and you have uh, you have income, uh, and then you have the financial side of the business where you have your assets. Uh, and our assets are the players, and our assets are the training ground and and Hillsborough. Um, and in the accounts you have the assets listed as as, a, as a, a worth a certain amount of money. When you transfer these assets, when we sell a player, which is an asset, we also get money into the accounts as revenue. Uh, so basically, boiling it down and, and perhaps overs- oversimplifying, what we're doing is selling Hillsborough just like we would a player. And there's nothing stopping Chancery from, from buying a foreign club and, uh, and, and uh, buying one of our players for 10 million pounds. Uh, With his with his other club, Um, so now he's what he's done is set up a separate or several separate uh, companies uh, to to do the same with the stadium, uh, buying the stadium. So uh, a lot of revenue goes into uh, to the accounts of uh, of Sheffield Wednesday. Um, It's it's within the rules, um, but so are a lot of uh, unethical things. Um, And uh, in my mind, this is. I would say it's it's a sad legacy um, as a football club to be the one that um, decides that football um, is the strongest and the richest game and not a game that uh, aims to have a fair and level playing field for all clubs to enjoy. Um, And we don't really get any benefit from it as far as I see it uh, in the longer term because Yes, we realise some revenue now. That means we we escape punishment from from PNS and perhaps a point per deduction uh, in this season or next season. Um, but we have now uh, have to pay a lease um, to Siri's other company for the stadium in the next God knows how many years. Um, so that's an expense that we we we're now riddled with. And what happens if Siri wants to sell the club but keeps hold of of, uh, of Hillsborough and his his other company? Um, that's the risk of, of dividing uh, the, the club ownership and, um, and the stadium ownership. So it's not as clear-cut for me that uh, uh, that we just uh, uh, explored any loophole that we can get uh, get our hands on. Um, not not uh, notwithstanding that the the, the PNS rules as, as they are, are are yeah hilarious at the moment because they're they're the laughing stock because no one's following them or all the spirit of them. So you could say, why why shouldn't we uh, join the party and, and uh, just uh, do as we please uh, now that everyone else is doing it? But I mean, it's 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 not going to help on the other side when we have to make some new PNS rules, which will probably happen if, uh, either next season or or the season after the way things are going. Um, that that we and other clubs have uh, have exploited these rules because we'll have either get really strict rules or you'll have uh, you'll have a rift within the the EFL, which is already there. Um, and yeah. I think it's a worrying sign that that we that we want to consider the uh, uh, steps financial steps like this that are, in my mind, unethical. I,
2: I guess Peter, the the point is though you have to you have to make a decision at this point, right? And I think it hmm. it's a decision that probably we've all as fans been debating, and we we've talked about it some on on this pod in in previous episodes, which is, you know, do you want to stand by the principle of it's not the right thing to do? It might be. Permissible under the regulations, but it's not ethically correct. Um, or even more strongly, as you just said, you know, it just simply leaves a sour taste in the mouth in terms of the idea of of the club being separated from some of its assets. And by the way, it's not just Hillsborough. You know, we're also talking about any other fixed assets the club holds, which you know might include the trading ground, for example, which was a, a prior transaction that Villa completed, I think, eighteen months ago, twelve months ago, uh, for a prior cycle. But you know, do you want to stand by the the principle that those things should be held together, or? Do you want to compete? You know, and and the choice that Wednesday are making, and, and I guess as fans we have to decide if we're comfortable with is, do we want to compete now or do we want to wait and compete later? Um, and the answer the club is clearly taking is we want to compete now. You know, we want to give Steve Bruce the means by which to to create a side that can be competitive at the sharp end of the division to try and get us out of this financial mire that is the top end of the championship.
0: I'm I'm <clears throat> I'm really interested in. Um... So, Peter, you you, were, you didn't mince your words, though, when you said you, you think this is unethical. Um, I want to probe a little bit further on that because I, I my sort of feeling with this is I agree that it does feel a little bit like, you know, we, we've talked before about selling the stadium is a bit like kind of selling the, the 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 family jewels, isn't it? It's kind of all we've got left. And after this, you know, that's it. If we screw this up now, there's there's nothing to fall back on. But surely, like, the rules are the rules. If we're doing something that is within the rules, um it, it we we don't make those rules and and, and I, I you know uh, Steve Gibson's been very vocal about his opposition to what clubs are doing but you just kind of think sorry mate it's kind of tough shit because you know the the rules are there if you can find a way around them why why should you not why why should Chancery not take this opportunity to to clear up um a, a, the mess that we've got into without us having to you know seriously um make huge huge cutbacks or, or, or take massive penalties
1: well that's one side of the coin and it's it's not like I'm uh, I am finding it unethical but I'm also if I had to weigh the decision I'd probably end up making the same decision the problem I have uh, is um, there's no indication that that he's um, actually learned from a lesson from what has happened um, Steve Bruce might have um, Steve Bruce might know that that uh, and his transfers so far indicate that he's he's definitely looking for value in the market and looking for free transfer signing. So that's a lot of expenses down. Uh, we probably, uh, we probably re- released about a third of our wage bill from last season, and, and the players we've signed, the three players we've signed, and, and the three we've re-signed aren't, aren't the most expensive ones. Um, so so, so Bruce is actually working towards reducing our costs but what we should be using, money, like the the ones that um, Siri would, would realize for the stadium sale, what we should be using that for is um, building the club infrastructure, building uh, a, a, a bit more qualified staff uh, and, and so on. There's, there's lots that could be done around the club. Um, we all remember uh, the, the the long silence uh, Sam Hutchinson uh, replied with when he was asked about it, if everything was, was okay around the club. And I, I don't think it is still. I don't think...
2: On those think two it's... separate issues, though, Peter, so it, it might you, be. It might be. The, the the ethics of whether or not it's right or wrong to sell the stadium to realize revenue to get us out of the PNS fix that allows us to operate. It's a question of license to operate, in other words, license to continue to play. It's like, you know, I'm gonna pay my however many dollars in order to pass go and have another good turn around the board. Whereas the question of, you know, how should we be investing our capital going forward and should we be spending more on infrastructure, which by the way, I completely agree with you on. I mean, that's a broader question of the philosophy of how to run the club, right?
1: Definitely. But my point is, uh, it is made more uneth- unethical in my mind that we are spending this money on uh, basically writing uh, off uh, the, um, the misdemeanors of, uh, of of the past couple of years uh, after Chen Shiri came into the club. Uh, that's what we're using the revenue on. Um, and, and you can only do this once, you can only buy uh, and, and uh, make a sale in this bag of Hillsborough once. So it's not like we can do this every year to just, uh, just make fun of the EFL. Um, so, so it's not... What I'm saying is it, there's a gravity to the decision. That I would grapple with if I was in, sitting in the, in the chair that sincerely sitting in and I would still find it unethical, but I would still probably still end, up, still end up doing it, but only with a really heavy heart. And it seems like there's no heavy heart. It seems like there are no, there's no second thoughts about this decision. It's, not, it's just done because there's there's a single mindedness and a ton vision about just uh, promotion at all costs. Yeah, And th- I mean, there's, there's a Wednesday after promotion as well. Um, let,
2: let's offer a slightly more optimistic view um, just for the sake of argument, which is you know, if you take somebody who's had, um, you know, bad credit card debts, um, you know, maybe they didn't really know what they were doing when they were first given a credit card. They kind of went on a spending spree. They dug themselves into a hole. Um, you've got to clear those debts before you can start putting them on the straight and narrow, right? And, and I guess if we were generous, we might say that Mr. Chancery has learned through the first period of his tenure at Wednesday that the spend big, sell none, uh, incur large debts, you know, that runs you into a bad place. Um, and we have to find a way out of that in order to go forward. There's another way of looking at this holding company question, though, which I find intriguing. Which is, if you were just trying to set up a separate company entity in order to sell the stadium, realize revenue, and hold it underneath the same ownership structure, you only need one holding company. You only need one additional company for that. The fact that we've set up multiple companies, um, apart from looking a little bit suspicious, also suggests that there are other ambitions for those vehicles beyond the sale of one single asset. Um, and I I just wonder if there are also plans for infrastructure investment whereby the expenses for that infrastructure doesn't touch the club accounts, if that makes sense. So, for example, if we wanted to build a new training ground, put all the expenses of building that new training ground in Sheffield four, and it never touches the the main club accounts. Just just a potential upside to uh, to some of the shenanigans that we're seeing going on.
1: Yeah, but my answer to that would be. I mean, the PNS rules already exempt uh, investments in, in infrastructure. So if we wanted to build a new training ground, it would not affect our uh, PNS uh, losses. It might it might influence how much uh, money we have to pay in actual money from from the club accounts for for the training ground. But Chancery is not hamstrung in making uh, investments in the infrastructure of the club because those expenses are exempt from the PNS. So, so what what the uh, what well, these uh, separate entities, the corporate entities uh, that he's setting up tells me is that he's trying to replicate some of the stuff that uh, Derby and, and City have been doing, which is to conceal costs and to to decrease the already uh, uh, not very, not very um, well the transparency of the club, which is is uh, close to nothing at the, uh, as it is. But it's it could also be a step towards. Decreasing it even further, which is something uh, other clubs on the tour I mentioned have have gone further down the uh, the EFL, um, where whereas whereby the the accounts that are released to the public is uh, is ten bullet points in a, in a press release, and, and that's what the fans get to know about uh, the club that they uh, they spent their money on. Um, that's not the, the I mean, it's for me, it just indicates uh, something about the the culture that that Tensiri, uh finds. To be the correct one at Wednesday because he's not actually building one but by doing these things he's he's setting an example from the top and and i'm not sure i'm very comfortable with that example and and i mean Sheffield Wednesday is more than just a football club it's a community um, and a community should have values um, and those values should, should be um, reflected in the decisions that the, uh, the football club is making at the moment the decisions we are making reflect really poorly uh, about our values in my mind anyway um, but as I said, it's not, it's not like a clear-cut thing for me and, and I probably would still do it. And, and yes, there could be some upsides to it. But the stories about Steve Bruce uh, asking Siri to lower the, the asking price of, uh, of some of our players maybe also tells you that he's not learned, Siri, that, that transfers in football is not a virtue game. It's not about being proud and it's not about uh, winning or losing, it's about business. And business is about maximizing revenue and, and uh, decreasing uh, expenses. And and our transfer policy needs to reflect that as well, and which has not done uh, at all uh, since you came into the club. So I'm just, yeah, I I guess I'm just in a in a state of worry. uh, Whereas I, I of course, understand that that uh, that um, um, it's it's probably the role that is being shoved on me uh, quite often uh, to be the the (laughs) the war of the group. (laughs) I
0: I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you've have have caught a bit of sunstroke or something, but. I, I, there's a lot of negativity flying around here. Um, I, I feel probably quite different to it. Mean, I'm not necessarily getting into the intric- intricacies of, of what's kind of you know what's happened and, and the, the, the deals that have been done and selling this to that and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but to kind of say that it doesn't look like Chansey has learned anything. Well, he's he's brought in someone that is basically allowed, uh, as far as we know, pretty much free reign in terms of the football side of things. Um, you know, we've debated before about whether or not Steve Bruce, you know, he is manager, should we really view him as being almost a director of football? You know, he's he's got a much wider remit than than that. The other thing that I think is really significant is that Chan Siri kept his mouth shut. You know, he, he we went through that phase, didn't we, where those late night statements and um you know, we, we talked about kind of transparency and 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 things like that. Like, you know, I, I started to cringe at how much uh, information or, or how it, uh, how how kind of you know emotive information that that Chancery was 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 kind of you know rolling out and 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 that for us like you know our club was starting to fall to bits and becoming a real mess. Um, the the two things that that I think you know we all kind of said he needs to do is firstly bring in someone that knows what they're doing with the football side of things, allow them free reign with transfers, and the other is just shut up uh, and get on with your get on with your job. Uh, and I. I think it's harsh to be, to be, to to still be critical of him because he's, he's kind of done those two things. You know, he, he has, he said that he would try and find a solution to FFP and he's done that. You might not like it, but, you know, tough luck. He, he he said that he would try and find something and he has done. Um, I think it's really harsh to still criticize him after that.
2: Well, I think there's, there's, there's the third thing as well, James, which is that, you know, he's not only done the above, which, yeah, no, completely agree. I think, um, you know The fact that he, he's, uh, he's kept his mouth shut might be one of the best things he could have done in, in what is quite an incendiary environment when you've got Steve Gibson and others throwing slurs around. The other thing he's done is he's not only brought people in who know what they're doing on the footballing side, he's clearly working with people who know what they're doing on the business side as well. You know, if you think about the intricacies of the, the setup that they've had to pursue, rightly or wrongly, um, in order to set up these holding companies, in order to potentially move assets around, the you know, the accounting intricacies, the legal intricacies that go with that, as well as working closely with the EFL in order to make sure it's sanctioned, you know, that's no small undertaking. So you have to assume that he is employing good people who understand what they're doing and who are quietly going about getting on with the job. And all the while, the club is able to move forward. You know, Steve Bruce is enacting transfer policy. The squad is, you know, reporting back, hopefully, in, in somewhat better facilities than they did 12 months ago. Um, there's a pre-season tour going on. We've got an Owls of the Park on Sunday. It's not at the back end of September. You know, um, heaven forbid, we might see a kit relatively soon. It, I think there's a lot to be said for the fact the club is moving forward whilst all of this kind of cloud of PNS is is hanging over us and many others in the division.
1: Well, the, the counter argument is that yeah, yes, there's an improvement, but it's from an extremely low point. Um, so I wouldn't celebrate this as if we've come out of the woods So we we've changed our ways significantly. It, uh, we we're on probation. We're not we're not released from prison uh, the way I see it. And and uh, to to dabble in in small crime when you're on probation is uh, is a surefire way back into to prison the, the way I see it. Um, but I, I take it by, I mean there there are two separate separate things in this for me. The one thing is the, the the corporate thing, the the ownership thing, and the uh, and the, the share the shares and the sale and, and all that. I'm quite negative about that. Yes, I am. The playing side of things, I, I couldn't. I actually couldn't be happier uh, from from the point we start. We from the point and uh, and the starting point. Steve Bruce has been given. Uh, I think he's done extremely well this summer uh, with with the transfers he, he's made and uh, and the, and the players he's he's released. And there seems to be uh, an idea of what sort of playing style he wants as well, uh, judging from some of the comments. Uh, We've seen both uh, at the at the end of the back end of the season and, um, and and after the season finished. So so um, it's it's for me it's, it's a <laughs> it's a mixed message. I'm, I'm positive about the playing side, but I'm still very much on the fence or yeah, falling on on the, on the dark side of the fence <laughs> on the on the corporate side of things.
2: Well, I will tell you what. While, while we're on a positive note on the corporate side of things, I wonder if we can hit another adjacent issue head on um, because this is a real positive for me, um, and I'm not sure it's really been picked up properly. And, Peter, you just touched on it, which is the share issuance. So mm-hmm. um, I think one of the key questions and, and arguably one of the big misconceptions that the fan base has had in the last week or so since yeah. it was announced that yeah. uh, we doubled the uh, the total stock holding of Sheffield Wednesday. In other words, you know, it had a, an equity issuance and, and changed the holding company is people wow. asking the question, well, you know, how does that help, F- help FFP? The simple answer is it doesn't. Um, you know, when you raise equity in a business, you're raising capital for that business to spend. You don't, um, you don't recognize revenue and you don't apply those revenues to the accounts. So it's not going to hit our 17, 18 accounts and get us out of, uh, of an embargo. What it does is it puts the best part of 20 million pounds into Sheffield Wednesday Football Club. Um, and if you do a very rough back of the envelope calculation, it takes about 20 million pounds a year to cover our um, uncovered costs, at least in historic terms. So um, we make about 20 million pounds of revenue a year. We spend about 40 million pounds in operating costs. So that's a 20 million pound shortfall. Dave von Chancery is putting the best part of 20 million pounds a year into Sheffield Wednesday. Um, And in this round, at least, he's done it through equity as opposed to raising debt. And I know that's something that's, you know, often misunderstood but the fact that he is putting his cash into the club to fund whatever we do next uh, he has to be applauded for that irrespective of anything that's gone before
1: that's true because uh, i mean if, if he, he kept loaning us uh, money we, we we would have debt and and he would have a better claims for for that money if he ever wanted to sell the club Whereas. The shares, as we saw with uh, the with, uh, Mandarich uh, uh, sale of the club to Chancery, the shares can just be, be wiped out if you do a transaction of the club to, to another owner. So, so this, the shares are a, a less uh, safe investment, so to speak, a, a, a less safe way to, to invest your money in, in the club uh, as opposed to, to uh, underwriting loans, even if the loans are, are, are practically uh, interest-free. So it, it that is definitely a sign that Siri is not going to up and and move on, even if he uh, did threaten to do that in a in a moment of uh, of emotional uh, vulnerability uh, at a fence forum. Um, so so I, I would agree with that. I'll, I'll grant you that. Um, I'll uh, I'll dust off some of the the, the, the dark clouds uh, <laughs> hanging around me and uh, and and, tell, and say and agree that that this is a positive.
0: Wow, such an outpouring of positivity there from um, from Peter. Let, let's keep the positive talk going because um, you you touched a little bit earlier on, Peter, on um, being quite impressed with how we've got about things in terms of the players that we've released. Because, of course, we've not we've not done an episode since the end of the the season when. There were maybe a couple of players that got released that, that surprised us. Um, some contracts offered that uh, certainly maybe one that surprised a few people. Um, uh, what what's kind of like? What, what's your take on that, Peter? Because I know you've you've kind of done a bit of adding up. You've done some of the sums to kind of see what what difference that makes from a financial point of view. Is 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 it all positive stuff?
1: Uh, I would say so. Yeah. Um, it's if you look at the players we've released. Uh, if you do like just a a rough calculation estimation of how much their wages are uh, which is always tricky and yes we don't know but we can calculate backwards from from the last one accounts for the total wages and and the place we had back then and then make a rough estimation i would estimate that we've uh, we've released players um and renewed renew contract of, of players uh, to the tune of uh, around eight or nine million pounds of wage costs for a full season so that's nine million pounds we're not spending this year that we spent last year um, then you have uh, Berner and Odobacu and uh, Harris coming in and, um, and of course, Westwood, Lee and, and Palmer signing new deals, uh, which takes about half of that um, or slightly more than half of that um, away again. So, so we're actually looking at spending £4 million uh, less on wages this season than last season um, with the players we have at the moment. You could argue that the playing squad is still a bit in need of, uh, of further recruitment, but I, I think it's unlikely that see Bruce would uh, sign players that, that would cost a combined uh, £4 million in, in wages. Um, um, looking at this, the sort of deals he's chasing, it's, it's loan deals from the Premier League um, for, for players that are, are sent out for development purposes. So the, the wages we have to pay the parent club are bound to be quite low. Um, so it's really smart business. Um, and if you, if you look at some of the players we've released, uh, they are they the, the obsolete ones um so so he's 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 had a, he has had a good good eye for which players add value to the club compared to, to how much they cost and and uh, who we need to move on to to get some some leeway in uh, for, for for signing new players uh, and I think we can look at the I mean bernard is, is on the older side but, but um but but he's a central defender, so so he, his peak age is, is uh, probably a bit later. Both Urubachu and Harris are still at a footballing age where they can improve both their, their skill set, but also uh, concurrently um, the, the value of them. And seeing as we sign him for nothing, and Urubachu has been transferred for for three, four million pounds uh, earlier, um, looking at that and uh, thinking ahead, we, we could easily look at a situation where... the. Um, uh, uh, we realise quite a lot, of, a lot of money on. on uh, what about Joe Harris? Should we ever sell them um, one, two, three years down the line uh, if they if they're successful Wednesday? And if they're not, they're not a big risk because their wages are low. We sign them for nothing compared to uh, Abdi, Boyd and Jones dragging um, uh, our, our uh, tracking down our, our accounts and uh, and our revenue. Uh, it's um, it's it's a totally different situation um, because there's there seems to be an idea of what to do. Once these players shouldn't be at Wednesday anymore, and and there seems to be an idea that we can't just build a team for next season, but we also have to think ahead and have and sign players and and re-sign players that will be here for at least another two seasons, and and build uh, build a team around around that.
0: Uh, James, what what what's your kind of thoughts as we look ahead now? Then in in terms of obviously there's still going to be business to be done. We we know there's three players that. That are through the door. There's paperwork sat on a desk at the FL waiting to be um, uh, rubber stamped. What 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 else needs to to happen for you this this summer?
2: I think there's probably a couple a couple of positions that still look. I mean, Peter Peter just alluded to it. Maybe still look a little bit light. Um, it, for starters, you know, Borner coming in certainly gives us options at centre back. But you know, I think play, fans and probably certainly I would agree to this. I don't think he's necessarily the measure of Michael Hector um you know can we bring in an equivalent hector or equivalent to uh, to bolster the center backs um obviously i think a lot of that is dependent on players moving out and you know i've been banging this drum now for <laughs> as long as we've been recording this podcast wednesday have to make some sales you know and irrespective of what the the right valuation is on some of our strike force bruce is on record to say that he wants to move you know a few players out of that department um we've let uh, Gary Hooper go for very good reasons because of his wages, but you know he's a great talent that we haven't yet replaced. So I'd like to see a little bit of reshaping of of our forward line as well. Um, you know, maybe one or two of of Forestieri, um, you know, and Zhao um, have to have to go in order to create some freedom for a, a surprise package. You know, fast pacy striker playing off Stephen Fletcher is someone I'd really, really like to see at uh, at the end of July.
0: Okay, uh, I agree with that. Sorry, Peter. I just—I'd shout all over you there just for the hell of it. Um, all right. Um, <laughs> <Don't worry. laughs> have either of you got anything else that you really wanted us to uh, to cover while we're uh, while we're
2: talking? I think we've just got to wait and see what the accounts actually say, James. You know, we're still talking a little bit in a vacuum. So, um, you know, there's definitely more information coming out, but there's plenty that we don't know in this Jigsaw, right. Um, and we're only part way through the uh, the transfer window as well. So, I think there's a lot more to come.
0: Bigger question for both of you, and I'm asking for a a prediction here. Um, And, you know, I know, obviously, there's a lot of business still to be done between now and the start of the season, and then, you know, obviously transfer window and everything. Uh, I'm going to ask you now for your prediction. Do you think the new shirt will be stripes or not? Peter? Stripes. James? Not. Controversial. I'm going stripes. Two against one. Uh, We'll find out. We'll find out who's right. Um, okay, so I mean, fair to say, I think once once the um, accounts do come out and there's a ton of information for us to sift through, uh, we will be uh, we'll be back, and it might not be too far away. Um, but um, once we've uh, once we've got those accounts, once we've done the sums and gone through it all, and we have uh, we have more stuff to talk about, then uh, we will be back. And um, well, in the meantime. Have a fantastic summer to um, to everyone. And um, uh, Peter, obviously, um, you, you get the the great privilege or burden uh, of me actually coming to visit you in Denmark. I'm on my way to uh, to Aarhus in, in just a few days' time. Actually, um, what what else? Did your, oh, what, yeah. what else does your summer have in, in store? Anything exciting?
1: Uh, just a few weeks in Tuscany, as you do. Um, but obviously, the, oh, the as you do, yeah. Well, you obviously, do. the hi- highlight of my summer will be uh, when I get to take you into my shed. And show you my vehicle collection.
0: I am looking forward to this sure. very much. Um, can I just point out, anyone that's been listening with like a really good pair of headphones on, if you've if you've heard something with kind of birds uh, kind of chirping in the background, I think that's Peter and his summer house it is, yeah. uh, Sorry. so i'm quite jealous of the fact that you've actually had some birds in the background which has been uh which has well, been good
2: it certainly isn't my closet that's for
0: sure <laughs> so uh james once uh once you've come out of your uh closet cheap couldn't have uh couldn't resist that um yeah have you are, are you planning any trips
2: over to games next season uh yeah i'm gonna hopefully be at the uh the first day of the season in uh in glorious sunny berkshire uh, I will be at Reading away on the 4th of August or 3rd of August. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to that. Um, I haven't had my invitation to Peter's Little Shed yet, so I'm feeling a little bit jealous. Uh, but I will, be, uh, I will be heading over to Germany and Austria in a, a week or so's time just to kind of, you know, make sure that everything's set for Wednesday's preseason tour. Fair enough.
0: Well, uh, thank you very much, both of you, for your, uh, for your company. Um, enjoy the rest of your summer. Um, thank you for listening as well. If you're off to Owls in the Park on Sunday, have a good time. Take some sun cream. It's going to be very warm. Uh, have a brilliant summer, and we will speak to you again in a few weeks' time.